You're listening to Bizarre Buffet, a podcast of all-you-can-eat weird. I'm your host, Mark Toriello. I'm Jen Wilson. And I'm Mark Bluestein. There'll be food and drink and ghosts, and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. When we first went in, one of the people said, who are you? And Tex said, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Hey, everyone. Thank you. Bonjour. Bonjour. Ciao. Ni hao. <laughs> buenos dias. To... Oh, buenos dias. Oh, buenos dias. We are multicultural. So we're on episode nine of our podcast, Bizarre Buffet. We are. Welcome back, everybody. And Miss Jen, can you please tell us what today's topic is? Yes, so Jen we Wilson. are getting into talking about some unsolved mysteries. So before we really jump into the unsolved mystery that we're going to be exploring today, I want to know what your favorite unsolved mysteries are. Oh, the unsolved mystery of my life. So I guess my favorite unsolved mystery, if I can know the answer to, is why Donald Trump got elected to be our president. Oh, Oh, she got political. Oh, but I think if I could know the answer to one unsolved mystery, it's hard. Okay, so there's Dyatlov's Pass. Oh, yeah, the mountain. Which I'm obsessed with, but I think I know the answer to that because I read a book about it. Mm -hmm. So the other one would be the Yuba City Boys, which is like the American equivalent to Dyatlov's Pass. Okay, mm, and okay. yeah, and um, for people who may not know, um, Dyatlov's Pass and the Yuba City story—they um, were people who went missing in a mysterious way, and there aren't. Um, and when their bodies were found, it was just bizarre. Yeah, very bizarre. Very bizarre. Very on point with our show. Yes, mm. just like at Bizarre Buffet on Instagram. What about you, Jen Wilson? Oh, so so thoughtful. Um, I'm probably going to go with um, the whole Jeffrey Epstein suicide. Ooh. I just started watching the docu-series and as disturbing and sickening it has been. I actually could not sleep last night because of it. It's just very ironic. And I've been reading, you know, conspiracy theories on the whole thing. And just it's very ironic how kind of if you really go down the Epstein rabbit hole, there's a lot that is really related to what's going on right now in our society. So a lot of things just ironically link up. So that's something I just want to know. Did he really kill himself? Did he not kill himself? What's your gut say? I don't think he did it. Well, I think he did it, but was told to do it. Mm -hmm. I think it was, I think it was either you do it or we do it for you. Mm -hmm. And you won't like how we do it for you. Exactly. He had, first of all, he had more money than he probably could handle. He had dirt on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, it's you true. know. It is. Well, and a little, <clears throat> just like a little fun commentary on that. So recently, you know, his, um, 
you know, I guess his uh, in-house pimp service, Ghislaine Maxwell, um, a photo surfaced recently where they captured her in a photo with JonBenet Ramsey. No. Yes. Yes. Yes, And if you go. And she's using the family's lawyers, their legal team that they used during that time. I was a shooketh. I want her to name people. Yeah. Everyone. I want everyone to go down. Yes. Including the president. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm sure he's probably. Yes. A name. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think she needs to start naming people. Like right now before she mysteriously suicides herself. Yeah. Until, you know, we start the hashtag Gilling Maxwell didn't kill herself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Next on the Jeffrey Epstein hashtags, Ghislaine didn't kill herself. So it's just, it's very, it's a very interesting um, world. Because if you think about it, like you can literally find these really weird connections to people and Jeffrey Epstein. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the John Benet Ramsey picture. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, I always thought it was the brother, but now. I know. Poor Burke. This whole time, he's probably just a little weirdo like the rest of us listening and talking. It's not done till it's done. It's not solved till it's solved, in my opinion. It's unsolved, which is why we're talking about it. This is an unsolved episode. What's your unsolved mystery oh, of choice, Mark? My mine um i think mine would be now i can't recall um the specific name of this woman and her husband but it was a story about a couple who had visited philadelphia and they were there on a business trip Mm -hmm. for her husband's job and she like you know was going to tour the city do some things and she went missing and no one could find her no one knew what happened to her. Wow. Um, there were, yeah, there were like reports though from other hotels in the vicinity. And um, I, I was just talking to Jen not too long ago about this because one time when she was visiting me, uh, because I used to live in the Philadelphia area, she stayed at the hotel that I'm pretty sure she was either at at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, And yeah, like homeless people in the park said that this woman... Was she the one with the red backpack? Yes. Judy Smith. Judy Smith, for everybody listening who cares to look it up. Um, But it's a really weird fucking story. And that's one that continues to fascinate me as to um, what the deal is. Because then they found her like in North Dakota or somewhere dead in the woods from Philadelphia after being missing for all that time. So yeah. But, um, so everybody, with that being said, fasten your seatbelts, fasten your seatbelts, because this is a car related. Oh my God. Oh my God. Poor taste. Oh my God. I know. No, that was really well. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. That was really on brand with Bizarre Buffet. Thank you. Listen, everybody. Very on brand with what we're about to talk about. It is. Well, thanks to Jen's seatbelt comment, she provided a platform for my undying wit to come out. Um, So if you guys are wondering what we're talking about today, it's the Taconic Parkway car crash incident. Yes. Um, And as a reference, there was a documentary film made by Liz Garbus um, called There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane. And you can find that on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. I think it's on HBO. 
check it out. It will make you just as crazy as it makes us, which is why we're talking about it. Um, so let's get into it. Where should we start, Mark? Well, why don't you tell everyone like the the situation and the story of what happened that day? And it was right. it. Believe it or not, we're coming up on I think the eleventh anniversary because it yes. happened on July twenty sixth, two thousand nine. Wow. Well, um, happy anniversary, I think, um, something like that. But so, <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We have a soundboard. Tough crowd. Um, so the incident starts. Um, Diane Schuler is from New York State. And they, her and her family, um, her, her son, um, three of her nieces mm -hmm. and, believe, her daughter. and her daughter um, were staying at a campground that the family would frequent often. Now, everything was normal, just as, you know, a middle class family would go on a vacation, you know, with their own family. And, um, you know, they left the day that they were due to leave, you know, going according to their plans, like it's time to go home now. And along the way, things started getting weird, to say the least. Um, there was footage of her, you know, in stopping at various, various places. Like she had stopped at a McDonald's. Okay, normal. She stopped at a Sunoco uh, gas station um, looking for Tylenol, which yes. is something that we will bring up mm -hmm. later as to the significance of this. Um, and what's really, and what ultimately happened is that on the way back um, home, so she was driving a Jeep with her son, her daughter, and her three nieces who were all like under the age of 10, I think. Mm -hmm. I think the oldest was maybe 11. And out of nowhere, she decides to drive her car with the kids mm -hmm. in the fast lane going in opposite traffic at 80 miles an hour. And she did it for about two miles yeah. until she rammed into a car killing the three people in the car that she hit mm -hmm. and killing all the children in the car, except her son who miraculously survived the, the wreck. Yes. And, um, I guess like some of the events leading up to it, um, you know, people had phoned in, uh, they'd call the police and say, you know, this woman's driving erratically. Like they were making claims before she went into oncoming traffic, right. you know, resulting and the niece, in. The niece made a phone call to yes. her. Was it her father saying there's something wrong with Aunt Diane? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. They were saying she can't see and she's. You know, somebody mm -hmm. also witnessed her get out of the car and it looked like she was on her hands and knees, like dry heaving. Mm -hmm. Yes. And and it's also other things that happened that were a little bit unusual is that the destination should have taken 35 minutes for her to get home. But this entire process took four hours. So they don't really know where she was specifically driving around during this time. Mm -hmm. But it was very strange and unusual. And she even went to a toll plaza and left her phone on the concrete, like, divider of the highway. Yes. And, you know, there's all these speculations as to what happened because she seemed There was to have also a bottle of vodka that was found yes. in the car. There yes. absolutely was. 
which we're going to have to go into and explain some of those things about too. Um, So they found, you know, uh, you know, when everything was said and done, a broken bottle of vodka um, and, you know, let's fast forward a little bit. But and they, the found th- yeah. they found THC in her system as well. They, yeah, they did. So when they performed the autopsy, they found 0.19% uh, mm-hmm. blood alcohol content, which in her case, that would be the equivalent of 10 drinks. According to the... Uh, according to her weight. Yes, and who performed the autopsy. Yes, and the legal limit to drive is 0.08 so she was way above limit and as jen said they did find traces of thc Mm -hmm. which is crazy because if you look at the footage Mm -hmm. of her at the mcdonald's at the sunoco Mm -hmm. she does not look like she's drunk no and that's part of what makes this story so weird like you know there are, you know, eyewitness accounts, people who had interacted with her during this journey that led up to the crash. Yes. And, you know, people at the McDonald's were like, she seemed normal to me. She didn't like any like regular person. She didn't seem drunk. She didn't seem high. Um, you know, the person at the Sunoco had commented saying, you know, pretty much the same thing. Didn't seem odd. She got back in her car and left normally. So. And in the documentary, they give you a lot of background about Diane, um, and how, you know, her family thinks that this is very out of character for her and very unusual because she was a very successful career woman and she worked for Cablevision as what was it like a accounts? She, like accounts receivable collections. Like she worked in a few different yeah. related areas, but she was like, she had like a six figure salary mm-hmm. and you know, she always spent time with her two children and, you know, teachers would say like her kids were always, you know, uh, they would go to school on time. They were always like dressed perfectly, not Mm -hmm. a hair out of place. And she was a very like family and career driven woman Mm -hmm. and so responsible. Yes. The type of responsibility that just makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm like, God, how can you be that responsible? Yeah, Like very involved with her children's, you know, with school and, you know, after school activities and family functions. And she was a very put together woman, very family oriented. She was. And, you know, over time, you know, no one has come out with any sort of crazy story or a bad thing to say, which is what makes this story even more peculiar. So Um, my thing is you have one person who has survived. mm -hmm. That is her son. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, in the documentary, the the aunt slash sister-in-law of Diane says that Mm -hmm. his story is the same all the time. Mommy said she couldn't see. She said her head hurt. Mm -hmm. She couldn't see. And then she went driving really fast. And then I went flying like Superman. Now, that's coming from the voice of a toddler. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, once he's old enough to really process what happened and put his words together, maybe something will come out. Yeah, I mean, there's a strong possibility. Exactly. Now, and his his situation is so creepy and dark because... Um, when they found him, they found like the burnt dead bodies of the other children. 
on top of him. So basically it was like they're protected. Yeah. They're like a shield. Their corpses were like a shield for him. And when um, he, you know, years later after all this, he's, I don't know if he's blind in one eye, but I know he he has nerve damage. Yeah. He has nerve damage and just like Mm -hmm. struggles with some, you know, fine motor skills. Mm hmm. So, now, yeah, I guess let's get into some things that may be controversial. So in the documentary, there's something wrong with Aunt Diane. One thing that I found very off putting and, and disturbing is towards the end, they actually show you photos from the crime scene mm. of the crashed car. Oh, God, and, it's gruesome. And then there's they have several photos of Diane's dead body laid out on the grass with her like eyes wide open and it is so gruesome yeah i mean the best word i could think of is haunting truly like truly haunting and for me like you know i've i've watched the faces of death movies a million times i've i used to go on rotten.com in like the 90s early 2000s so i've seen it all mark's watched me eat chicken fingers like yeah. three nights in a row he's seen some terrible things <laughs> with barbecue sauce barbecue sauce buffalo but oh, the, i'm telling you those pictures they are so haunting they are they are and i don't know if you guys remember it happening but i remember when that happened really i mean yeah. i don't i don't remember but i know that you know for people like you and mark grew up not far mm-hmm. from where all mm-hmm. this happened so i'd imagine it was very much probably like your parents and everybody were talking about it see jen i don't remember when this happened so i'm glad that you have that memory so when you first heard about it was there like a veil of mystery or i just, just couldn't straightforward? i couldn't wrap my head around the fact that someone would do such a thing mm-hmm. um, now that yeah you know and that's i remember when it first came out when we first heard about it in my head i'm thinking this is a woman that's just trying to commit a mass suicide this was Mm -hmm. before the you know the autopsy happened and you know the breaking news came out that this woman was driving on the opposite side of the highway in the fast lane yes so it's very true and I remember being traumatized by it, kind of like scared to for a while to drive with other people because. Yeah. And I mean, like this woman looked like anyone's mom, you know, like put together regular mom looking woman, you know, like she could have been one of your friend's moms, really. Yeah. So I guess I should start out saying that the documentary, you know, its mission is to tell this story, but the family of Diane Schuler seems to have, you know, a certain agenda. And I don't say agenda in a negative way, but their main goal was to prove that Diane was not an alcoholic and she was not a drug user. Um, Because obviously those two things are very hurtful in general when, you know, a loved one causes such a horrendous um, event to occur. Uh, But Diane um, was a very responsible person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I could see why they would be fighting even harder. Like she was not known to be, you know, a sloppy person or... It seems that certain family members... Mm -hmm. um, 
of hers that she left behind don't want her to be painted as a drunk driver. They want to find a justifiable reason as to why she could have had such a high blood alcohol content. Exactly. And, you know, there's, I have watched so much true crime. I've followed a lot of famous cases and you have somebody, for example, like R. Kelly, who is so over the top with denying the accusations mm-hmm. against him to the point that you know he's clearly guilty of something where you yeah. have this family who's genuinely hurt by the loss of this family member but they're also they also like it's just the way they have presented themselves it's not well we're going to prove to you why Diane didn't do it mm-hmm. like them trying to cover something up Yes, absolutely. So, you know, the family even went as far as to get, you know, a world-renowned autopsy surgeon, um, Alexander Milovanovic, I believe. Okay. Somebody will have to correct us. We're awful with names. We are, but you know what? That's okay. We're trying. Yes. And, you know, everything came back the same so this man in the documentary he was the second opinion i'm pretty sure yeah and you know when he sat down and told them well they found this amount of alcohol in her system and they also found marijuana and he was like and i see no reason or um he was like the it it looks sound to me like i cannot see yeah any other option here um so you have basically two autopsies on record saying that the blood alcohol content was high and yes. the THC was there. So now let's talk maybe about like... Like a theory. The fa- Well, the family has multiple theories. Yes. So, about well, why she would have had that much in her system. Okay, so why don't you guys tell us some about that? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I mean, how cool is that, right? It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On with the show. Okay, so one of the theories that her husband, Daniel, had was he thought that while going through her old medical records, which is important because Mark came up with an excellent theory. Thank you. I've impressed myself at this one. He will share um, shortly. But when they looked at the medical records, they saw that she had a few dental issues and she had a um, abscessed tooth that was just untreated. And she kept complaining about it, right? Wasn't that? Yeah, so they made it a point to used to rub her jaw, um, you know, that she would always like kind of seem like she had a slight pain in her face from the tooth, but she never talked about it. And also I might add though, that this is the family saying that this was a thing. Mm -hmm. I have not found anywhere where there are x-rays to prove that the abscess was a thing. I Correct. believe there was a tooth issue. Well, in one of the autopsies, they did look to see if there was an abscess. And they didn't. There was it. no abscess. Exactly. 
So the Sorry. so the husbands Daniel and I think Diane's sister-in-law, mm-hmm. they theorized that okay, she might have had an abscess that got infected and went to her brain, possibly causing her to have a stroke. Yes. And now this is a far reach when they said uh, that they thought that she grabbed the vodka bottle in the car and quote from thinking it was water. Yes. Um, now listen. Which I don't. I I don't want to be an asshole. No, and you know. But what? I think that's a that's a stretch. It is, and just so everybody listening, keep in mind too. We all have personalities here. We are not making fun of this story no. or any story like this. But you know, we are disclaimer. Yes, disclaimer. A disclaimer for damage control. Yeah, I yes. said something offensive. No, 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 no. Because I am, you know. But anyway. We will continue. Um, so, yeah, I think that it, it was almost as if they were trying to feed the doctor this thing. And, I mean, essentially, I feel like him trying to humor the family. He was like, well, he was like, let's say that, you know, there was an abscess. Okay. Um, could this have caused a stroke? He was like, yes, it could, in theory. He was like, however, that does not discredit the results of her being intoxicated mm-hmm. on marijuana and alcohol. Right. Which was kind of like a, oh, well. <laughs> and it's so sad because I think, you know, the family, they just want closure. And it's really, it's really hard, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think that they need to face the facts. Yeah. And I, I think that they know more than what we know yes i agree um so should we get into my theory yeah yeah all right everybody so that's you know the different theories out there oh also one other theory that i heard that i believed for a little bit Mm -hmm. when i first heard this story is that you know she growing up her mom left when she was nine years old Mm -hmm. and she had to become like you know, the mommy of the house and take care of her brothers and basically grow up way too quickly. Hence why she was such a, you know, quote unquote control freak and very successful because I think she was just driven from all of that. Yeah. Um, And to the point where she might've had some form of resentment towards her family or just unhappy in life and that this was a suicide. And the reason why she took the alcohol and the the weed or whatever was in her system was to muster up enough confidence to actually go through with it, which I thought was kind of plausible. But then I thought to myself, well, she loved her kids so much and she loved her family so much that I don't think she would have intentionally killed those children. No, I I don't believe that for a second. Mm -hmm. I don't think that for a second, honestly, if she was going to do that, she would have done it on her own excluded the children you know she was an intelligent person you know a well-respected right but also to kind of add on to what mark did just say in the documentary a lot of her friends were in the documentary and a handful of them said she never spoke about her mother right and there was the one friend who started getting really emotional and clearly knew something but she would not say not share she did not share and I wanted her to share. I know. Me too. I know I like a good salacious situation. I know. Because I wonder if that's kind of the missing puzzle piece to this unsolved mystery. I mean, it could be. But 
what I think. So before I get into like a personal theory here, um, there was a part of the documentary where um, Diane's sister-in-law was able to um, look at medical records that were obtained by the production crew doing um, There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane. Now, they show a little bit of the medical records. And you can see on the list, it says, you know, prenatal vitamins, um, Tylenol with codeine, hydrocodone, Ambien. Um, Was there oxycodone too? Uh, or am I, I making that up? Um, I believe from, from recollection, it was hydrocodone, Tylenol with codeine, mm-hmm. Ambien, prenatal vitamins, um, maybe Motrin, ibuprofen. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So sleeping, I think she had sleeping pills too. Yes, Ambien. Oh, is, Ambien. Yeah, I know nothing about this. That's okay. Stuff. I do, which is where I got my theory <laughs> from. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so there are like uh, multiple things. So it was noted in the film um, once again by the sister-in-law. She was like, "Oh, you know, like Diane never told us that she was going to the dentist," and I was like. Oh, at first I said to Mark, like, oh, it's kind of weird. But he was like, oh, well, I mean, you know, would you tell my sister that you're going to the dentist? And I was like, no, I wouldn't. Um, (laughs) However, you know, they seem rather close. And I think what they were alluding to, now this is not fact, mind you, this is a theory, um, that she had a lot of visits to the dentist. And the dentist kept coming up and teeth issues kept coming up and i was like what is this recurring thing um so i couldn't see the prescribing doctors i'm sure of course for confidentiality they weren't showing their names um but you know there are many doctors out there who are essentially like drug mules like you can go in and pay them Mm -hmm. and they will give you a prescription pretty much for whatever you want um Now, dentists are known for prescribing normally um, pretty heavy pain pills because people get some pretty painful procedures Mm -hmm. done. Um, Now, for somebody who they said she hated going to the dentist, um, there was an account of her walking out of the dentist's office, which I just thought was odd. I'm like, because it's on record, she's gone, she's had stuff done. So why that day would she be so in a tizzy and leave if she has a history? Um, now, like I said before, there are doctors that you can pay. They will give you medication. This is not correct. Lose your license as a medical professional and potentially go to jail. So this is not a good thing. Um, but I think there was a secret addiction that she had. And my theory comes into play is that I have kind of deduced that when she went on the trip, okay, she ran like maybe a few days before. Wait, so but you think so she was going to the dentist claiming she had, you know, like, pain uh, or yeah. issues so she could be prescribed painkillers. Exactly. Okay. Because it just seemed like there were so many things on this list. Like yeah. ibuprofen, Tylenol with codeine. Codeine is strong. It's not quite as strong mm-hmm. as like an Oxycontin or Vicodin, but mm-hmm. you know, it's up there. Okay. And then hydrocodone, which I believe is either Vicodin or Oxy, whatever. It's, yeah. it's hard shit. Okay. It's, yeah. yeah. It's nothing you're going to get at Walgreens. Yes, exactly. You're not going to pick it up over the counter, you know? Um, now 
I pull this in and I say that, um, you know, maybe she was secretly on this often, you know, maybe a bit of an addiction, if you will. And it can take, I believe, to um, you can start withdrawing mm -hmm. from Oxycontin, Oxycodone, okay. any opiate mm -hmm. within hours. So if she didn't have one for two days and maybe the first day she was getting a little sick, second day she was getting a little bit sick, mm -hmm. you know, by the time she was leaving and she stopped to get Tylenol. Now, Tylenol is a main component in a lot of these pills. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people would even venture to say that it will help you curb a uh, potential withdrawal symptom. Right. You know? So you think that maybe right before or while she was driving back home, she was having severe withdrawal symptoms. Yes. So you, you think potentially she um, could have been having severe withdrawals yeah. while she was driving home. And to curb those withdrawals, she took, you know, a bunch of swigs of vodka y yes. and wanted the Tylenol, which she couldn't get at the gas station to help kind of alleviate that so she can manage driving home. Yes, absolutely. Now, I have known many people over time. Um, you know, I've had my own experiences. I know that side effects from opioid withdrawal. You guys ready? Yes. Jen, you ready? I'm ready. Fasten um, your seatbelt. Fasten your seatbelt. It's not going to help you now. Um... <laughs> <laughs> my god we're gonna have to sage oh no we're saging our cars okay so this is jen do you have sage i do okay i jen do you think i need sage if you go into a car just sage it please. i will i'm so we're gonna go to hell no <laughs> so opioid withdrawal symptoms according to the mayo clinic online here we go um gastrointestinal under that category diarrhea vomiting mm -hmm. nausea she was seen twice on her journey, right. hunched over, appearing to be vomiting. Here's a very important one to me. What was it that the, um, that the niece said, Jen, in the car when they called the relative? There's something wrong with Aunt Diane. She can't see. Now, dilated pupils, watery eyes are two. And blurred vision. And blurred vision are opioid withdrawal mm. side effects. Mm. Um, now, this is, you know, this is according to the Mayo Clinic. Now, I do know that um, people have said that marijuana, well, actually, John Hopkins um, Hospital did a survey that um, says that marijuana helps curve um, opioid withdrawal symptoms. Mm -hmm. So... I could see that. But, you know, she was a known pot smoker, like so the sister-in-law said. Yeah, they said that she would smoke weed at nighttime to help her sleep because she was, like, so, like, wound up. Yes. Alcohol consumption is another factor. Some people will use that. You know, basically, when you're in that state, you know, people will do anything to try to get rid of such a terrible feeling. Now, that is a very severe you know, drug to withdraw mm -hmm. from, it can happen very fast mm -hmm. within a matter of hours, right. depending on your level of addiction. Um, so it's very likely that, you know, 
she could have just been in a really altered state and you know going back to all of these things being in her system Mm -hmm. you know like yes i do believe those elements combined are what caused the crash the disorientation you know probably from withdrawal and combined with you know drinking and the smoking whatever it was um so unfortunately i do believe that that was a result Mm -hmm. of the accident but i don't think that she was an alcoholic. I don't think that she was, you know, all of those things. I think it was purely circumstantial. You know, out of all the theories that I've read, like on Reddit and and, and heard just, you know, through the internet, I really think yours is one of the most logical yeah. Thank ones you. that I believe. Thank you. So, yeah. yeah. So that's my theory, y'all. No, that's, that's a good one. Too. That's Thank a very, you. that's a very good theory. And it makes and a I lot of sense. And I challenge anyone to come up with a better one. Yep, you, I want to hear, like, we love this shit. We so do. Tell anyone, us your theories. Yeah. Honestly, like, yeah, I personally, like, I definitely did not think it was a mass suicide. Like, I did not think that. Um, but I definitely think it had something medical related. I mean, I've, I've blacked out for like seconds before. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It is scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, listen. You know, like there's times like if I feel dizzy, like sometimes if I get up too quick, like my my vision goes just like blurred. Mm-hmm. And it's it's definitely like I think something physical happened to her. Yes. I think it was a combination of a few different elements, but you know, let's even talk about so this other aspect that I believe supports my theory. Okay. So now they did all of the tests and the only things that they looked for in the autopsy that were like prominent were THC and um, alcohol mm-hmm. consumption, right? Now, I, from the research I've done online, um, opioids can be out of your system and, you know, various pills really very fast, um within maybe two days three days not sure but you know if it would come up if they weren't looking for it but one of the issues um and there was a quote from um i believe the man who we referenced did the autopsy he wanted to know why they didn't take a hair sample when they were doing it from her because i believe he said that it would show up to i mean like two months of every drug she ever took so basically like hair is almost like a diary or journal of it's like a footprint a weird footprint of like Hmm. substances yes so if someone cut my hair yes they'd be like oh my god this is a vodka bottle yes absolutely yeah they would be like oh my god mark took motrin and poop pills and whatever i did yeah not at the same time yeah i mean whatever the component is would come up but um i'm not regular what's just so odd is that the husband kind of presented the um exhumation is that how you say yeah it? the ex- exhuming the body yeah of her body um for the purpose of getting a hair sample now this has not been done mm-hmm. allegedly it's not a very expensive i mean it's expensive for the average person but they say average is about three thousand dollars to do okay. such thing um now, it's, it's odd they didn't do it from the beginning. And I think 
there's a reason or if that slid under the table, but he's been saying, oh, well, I'm going to do this. But, you know, there's arguments saying that, well, he probably isn't in a rush because of what it might really tell. What it might shine light on. Yes. Mm. So that comes into play also with the history of potential, you know, whether it be pill abuse or um, some other you know, addiction, which is a very serious thing that a lot of people suffer with. It's not a joke, but um, I think that could kind of, you know, really, excuse the phrase, put the last nail in the coffin in that story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of them, everybody. Where's the sound that does the clap? Oh, well, I guess that's more appropriate. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Well, Jen, do you think maybe like the husband or the family wants to not cover it up, but have it well, be I like blamed on something medical so they don't get sued? That. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you know, you have to also remember witnesses were saying that she was driving aggressively with a purpose. Like mm, it looked yes, like so. she was driving with a purpose um i've read theories that have stated that she was a mentally psychotic woman um and like held it together through her humor um and you know i've read that people were trying to compare her to andrea yates who who you know drowned her five children in the bathtub oh i remember that i'm sorry i can't get behind that theory i just can't I really... You don't think and she then, could have just cracked and had like a nervous breakdown or I something? Don't, I mean, I don't there's so. also another theory that I read that also that say that she hated her husband and her brother. And, I heard that. Really? Yeah, well, she hated her husband and her brother. And, you know, her driving the kids was like, quote unquote, her way of kidnapping them. Well, I mean, not for nothing. As revenge. I mean, I don't want to make this a whole a whole extra thing, but I don't know the story behind it. But I know the husband went there in his own car. Now, of course, this could be a scheduling type thing. Like, oh, well, he worked, so he needed to come mm-hmm. later. Oh, there's or- been plenty of times when I used to, when I was a kid and we had a house upstate in New York that, like, my parents would take two separate cars. Yeah. Who had to leave early or who was coming late or, Mm, you know, who's got to bring more stuff up. Yeah. So it always kind of, it always varied. I am definitely behind the, it was something physical that happened that she blacked out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's very possible that there are people who just break down, have a nervous breakdown. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Um, but I don't know. And, you know, the husband, have- the husband seems genuinely, genuinely lost over all of this, you know, Mm, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. With hmm. him, there's nothing that says, like, I'm going to try and hide something. I'm a pretty good person when it comes to reading body language. And there's nothing about him or even his sister that reads, we're trying to cover something up. Yeah, I don't think so. I just think, I mean, I don't think they're trying 
to cover something up. I think there's just elements they don't want exposed. Or they're just in denial. Mm. Yeah. Is it like a closed case? Or is this I think it's I I think it's officially closed because it was deemed as a drunk driving. Okay. I that's that's what my interpretation is. Once again, gotcha. I am not claiming this to be fact. Yeah. To my knowledge, that's what I believe it was deemed. Because I would I, say I would love to see them look into that. Yeah. I have hope that the sun will one day be able to piece it all together and find the words to express what really happened. Yeah. When he's older. Exactly. You know? What a sad story. Yeah, what a sad story regardless. It's a sad documentary. You know, something this is, you know, despite our, you know, personal silliness that we have, this is a tragic event that has really hurt so many family and from the family that was affected due to the accident unrelated to them. So it's a serious thing and mental health and addiction we take seriously and it's a very big problem for many people and, you know, a lot of people aren't able to um, get the right help. So it's a serious story that should be heard. It should be seen. All right, Jen. So um, for those in need, um, where can people who may need help find some? Absolutely. So if you're thinking about suicide, if you're worried about a friend or a loved one, if you'd like emotional support, if um, you, you know, just need somebody to talk to, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Again, that is 1-800-273-8255. They have professionals on call 24 seven, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Even if it's a leap year. Yes. <laughs> yes. Even, even if it's a leap, leap year. Leap days included. That's right. And while we're talking about help, one way that you can help us in our podcast grow yes. is to follow us on Instagram at Bizarre Buffet. And we are also on Facebook. Yes. That is at Bizarre Buffet Podcast. And guess what, everybody? What? We even have a website now. Oh, my God. Yes, uh, we do. And we're it's, real. I know. But you know what? Give us a break real quick because, like, it's still in the process. But it's BizarreBuffet.com. All right. Plain and simple. And don't forget to subscribe because that really helps us out. And I want to say thank you to everyone in other countries I know. listening. Jen. Jen, you are a worldwide star. You, Did you are. know that? Jen, you're really big in Finland, I hear. Now, I, I heard. I'm big in Australia. Oh, well, I guess I'll take... Um, well, you know, I've got, I've got a Germany. big following. Germany, yeah. I've got a big following in Helsinki. Oh, my God, Helsinki. Find Jen Wilson in Helsinki. Um, so does this conclude our episode? It does, but I think we should um, dedicate this episode to the lives lost during this tragic incident. Eight people died during that event, and, you know... We encourage everybody to check out the story. Look into uh, There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane, filmed by Liz Garbus. And we'll talk to you all soon. All right, guys. Stay bizarre. That's right. Goodbye.